It's Emily here, and today I want to invite you to make sure to check out Robinhood Integrative Health. If you are a resident of the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area, and you're looking for a doctor who treats you differently, looks deeper into the issues that you're having, and seeks to hear you as a person and really help to get you better, then I can't recommend Robinhood Integrative Health, where Dr. Wiggy practices enough. Make sure that you go to their website and see how you can benefit from their services today. And did you know that they even take some insurances, which basically never happens in integrative medicine. So make sure to check them out and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here with Dr. Wiggy, and we are just going to answer a brief but important question today that is relevant to a lot of people. I was telling Wiggy that this morning that I feel like on social media posts and that sort of thing, I've been seeing so many people talk about their thyroid. And the question that Wiggy is going to answer is, why is the TSH test not a good indication of the actual health of the thyroid and any um, issues or challenges that somebody might be experiencing. Because what often happens is a patient will go in, they'll say, you know, I'm having, um, I'm having, I'm experiencing symptoms of hypo or hyperthyroidism, either one, and get their thyroid checked with the TSH. And then they're told that their thyroid is completely normal and they're fine. So yeah, why so that, is that, that not a, a full picture? Well, so I wouldn't say that this is, that that's necessarily the right thing to say. The TSH test is a bad test. It's sure. just, it's just not the full test. Sure. Well, I didn't is, mean to imply that. Sure. I'm just, I'm trying to clarify there too. And I would, I would also say that for hyperthyroidism, it's a decent test. Because if, uh, if there is an overproduction of thyroid hormone naturally, then typically the TSH level will be, will be low. So it's a decent test for hyperthyroidism. Uh, for hypothyroid, though, it's a little bit more complicated. And that's what I'm saying. I think it's more nuanced than just saying we need to rely on one test. Mm -hmm. The biggest challenge that I, I would say most people run into when they have issues with symptoms consistent with hypothyroidism. So symptoms consistent with that being fatigue tired, um, cold all the time, gaining weight, losing hair, you know, the symptoms are, they're, they're problematic. They cause a lot of, a lot of issues. But then when they go in and have this discussion with their primary care doctor, they almost always will check either just one test, which is the TSH test, or they will check the TSH test with a total T4 which uh, if you are only doing uh, just the TSH test, I think that's a, an incomplete picture. And then even doing the TSH test with the total T4 level, that is also an incomplete picture. So again, to clarify, it's not necessarily a bad test, it's just an incomplete uh, test. Right, because you, you still generally test that as well. From, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Okay, so that's why it's not complete. So if someone is wanting to have a better snapshot of their thyroid health obviously this can get more complicated but as a starting point what would you generally test instead and why sure or in addition to 
Well, so there is a handful of tests you can do to look at thyroid functioning, and that's where, where I do think it's important to get a full picture for what's happening. So the different tests you can do, and I'll kind of talk about the, the differences among those tests. You can do a you can do the TSH test. You can do a you can do the thyroid hormone level test, and we generally will talk about doing the uh, free T4 and free T3. And then you can also do a thyroid antibody uh, test, or there's two tests, the antithyroid globulin and antithyroid peroxidase. Those are two Hashimoto's tests. And then another one that I really like that I, I find is very helpful is a reverse T3 test. So there's really a handful of different tests that you can do. The reason why the TSH test is an incomplete test is because, and this, this surprised a lot, of, a lot of people when I explained this to them, but the TSH test is actually not produced by the thyroid. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think this is the this is the thyroid hormone. This tells us you know too much or too little of the of the thyroid hormone being produced, but what it actually is, it's a pituitary test. So it is what what the pituitary perceives as if there is too much or too little thyroid around. Mm-hmm. So it's actually not a thyroid level, and that's that's a that's important for people important distinction for people to understand right. is that this is just an indirect test. Again, it can be helpful. Mm-hmm but it's not the full picture. So what I actually find to be the most helpful looking at thyroid functioning and thyroid levels is looking at the actual thyroid levels. Mm -hmm. The thyroid hormones that are produced, the main thyroid hormone produced is T4. So we'll check a free T4. Free T4 means what's not bound, what is actually available to be used, to be processed by the cells. And then the T4 though is primarily just a storage form. And so the active form is T3. Mm-hmm. So T3 is really what does the job of, thy- of the thyroid hormone. So, uh, so we'll check a free T3 level because this is really what's available to the cells in order to help with things like metabolism, to help with, with hair, to help with mitochondrial function, to help with energy. So the T3 is really, I would consider probably the most important test mm-hmm. out of that, which again, I do find interesting that the standard test is the TSH test and the, then the total T4. Right. The T three is not even included. Right. In a in a standard panel uh, for thyroid, but what we found, and then this is again with experience over time, is that if you just check a TSH test, uh, or and and or a T four test, you're oftentimes missing subtle cases of hypothyroidism. Mm. So the TSH can be slightly off. Uh, the T four can be normal, but then when we check a T three level, the free T three level in particular we see that it's right at the very bottom end of the range. Yeah. And there is a big difference between being normal and being optimal. And that's right. a little, that's a different distinction as well, is that you can have a T, free T3 level of 2.1, which is normal, but it's a lot different than a T, free T3 level of a 4.2. Right. Both of those are normal. Right. 2.1 and 4.2 are both technically normal. Yeah. But a 4.2 is twice as much free T3 available than a 2.1. And that makes a big difference in how people feel. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, you know, obviously thyroid conditions can be complex and you're looking at these results comprehensively to help treat your patients as individuals Mm -hmm. and also based on how they feel. Um, This is not exactly directly related to thyroid, but um, how do you encourage patients to... Communicate best with a physician that maybe doesn't offer 
or this isn't their first way of going about testing the thyroid, for example, yeah. um, to make those requests and or to help them feel better heard. Because I feel like that's something I I hear so often is like my doctors don't listen to people. Yeah. It, it's a hard question because it really depends on the doctor. Yeah. And a lot of that's going to come down on what sort of relationship do you have with the with the doctor. Yeah. Um, because if you have a good relationship and you feel like the doctor is listening to you, you feel like this is a partnership versus a dictatorship, then a lot of times you can come to some sort of agreement, you know, agreement to say, hey, I've been doing some reading on this. I feel like this is, I would like to get a full picture mm-hmm. on the thyroid. And I'd say a lot of doctors are willing to do that. But then on the flip side, you know, there's there's a lot of doctors that their minds are made up. Mm-hmm. Is that this is what we've been trained. We do the TSH and the total T4. That's the panel that we do. And that if that's normal, then there's then there's no further discussion. Mm-hmm. And in those cases, that's there, there's really no much, there's really no amount of, convincing that you're going to do right it's at that point you have to really ask yourself is this is this the right relationship for me is this going to be the best doctor to help get me to be as well as I possibly can Mm -hmm. and then you have to you know figure out if that means the change is necessary or not right and I know I'm jumping around but we talked about reverse t3 earlier Mm -hmm. Um, and but I don't think we clarified a lot on that. So what? Why is that important as well? So reverse T three again. One of my uh, one of my favorite tests that I like to do is the reverse T three because it is a good picture for how well the thyroid is being processed and how well is it being metabolized. Because the reverse T three, as I was mentioning earlier, the free T three is what actually does the work of the thyroid, of the thyroid hormone. So responsible for metabolism and energy and hair and digestion and all those things. But what the reverse T3 does, it basically blocks the free T3. So you can have, and this is where, again, it gets nuanced, but you can have a normal T3 or a low normal T3. Mm -hmm. But if you have a really high reverse T3, which we see this, we see this a lot, the reverse T3 is so high that it's blocking the T3 from doing its job, you're going to have all the same symptoms of hypothyroid, Mm -hmm. even though all the levels that you've checked besides reverse T3 are normal. So you can have a normal TSH, normal T4, normal T3, normal thyroid antibodies, but the reverse T3 can be very high. And, um, right, and so that, again, comes back to listen to the patient, right? Because if you're like, well, all of these numbers look great, but the patient still feels like they can't get out of bed, then there's either something else going on or it's an indication like, well, we better check that too, correct? So looking at the full panel, I think is very important for anybody that has a combination of hypothyroid symptoms you know we're, we're focusing on the hypothyroid side which really is this mostly does relate to hypothyroid versus hyperthyroid so we probably should just stay on that topic for this for this podcast but yeah if there's multiple symptoms you need a full panel to see where they are and then you have to be able to interpret that data based on the patient's symptoms and the clinical picture if they have a lot of symptoms consistent with low thyroid and the thyroid levels are suboptimal or that there is this a ratio that is off if the reverse T3 is too high compared to the free T3. Mm-hmm. You need to take all these things into consideration and how you're going to treat the patient. Sometimes you can reverse these things through lifestyle changes or through supplementation, but sometimes medication is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that you'd like to share about? This is a short episode today on purpose because we just wanted to handle the one question. Sure. But anything else that I didn't ask? Well, I think an important part of this is that it's easy also to get... Uh, 
over focused on thyroid issues too. Oh, good point. So I do have some patients that come in to be like, I'm having all these thyroid symptoms. It has to be my thyroid, and I and I'm, I trust their opinion here. But I will run a full panel, and all their thyroid levels are good. Um, and so at that point, we have to say, look, you know, that there's there is even a, another layer of complexity beyond what I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So there is an element of is it getting into the cells or not. So there's an element of thyroid resistance. So that's even getting, mm -hmm. getting more complicated. But you also have to start thinking what what else can cause the same symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I do have a lot of people that have the hypothyroid symptoms. Their thyroid levels are are uh, are okay or we've optimized their thyroid. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of times with treatment and with, with supplementation, their thyroid levels now are optimal, but they're still like, gosh, I'm still having a lot of the same symptoms. They're feeling better, but their symptoms are still there. Right. But at that point, we can't get overly focused on the thyroid. We have to say, okay, we have to start thinking broader here. What mm -hmm. else What else could be causing a lot of these same symptoms? So other things you need to consider, We do need you do need to consider adrenal fatigue, that definitely plays a role with it. That's kind of that another layer of complexity. Mm -hmm. If adrenals are off, especially if cortisol levels are off, that does affect the thyroid ability, thyroid's ability to get into the cells. Right. So it does affect the ability, your body's ability to process that. You also have to consider certain uh, vitamin deficiencies, um, things like vitamin D, uh, B12, uh, iron deficiency. Those can also cause similar symptoms. And then you also have to start looking outside of the um, or more along the broader look at uh, the endocrine system, which would be things like hormones. Different hormone imbalances and um, deficiencies can also cause a lot of similar symptoms. Mm -hmm. So like low testosterone can cause a lot of similar symptoms, especially for guys, but also for, for women, to low, low thyroid. Right. So sometimes that's the answer is we have to optimize their testosterone levels. Sure. So you have to think, you can't get stuck on one thing, and this is where I think some doctors have trouble with this too, is that not only do patients get overly focused on one thing, but a lot of times doctors will get niched down into one particular thing like thyroid or, or hormones. But a lot of times we have to look broader because everyone's unique. Right. And so if you are not getting the patient feeling as well as they possibly can be, and patients know how they should be feeling generally, then you have to be thinking, okay, what am I missing? And that's, that's the question that you always have to be asking is if this patient is not feeling well, if their blood work doesn't correspond with kind of how they're, how they're feeling, then we have to be thinking, and what else is there? And one thing I will say, it's, it, it's not always depression. So oh, yes. I was going to mention that. The one thing that we typically see also overemphasized uh, by physicians typically is that people complain about being tired and gaining weight and being, you know, being fatigued. Then unfortunately, if, they are not able to come up with a good answer based on some initial blood work. Then it's blamed on life. It's blamed on stress. It's blamed on being depressed. And yes, depression plays a role with how people feel, for sure. But we can't just blame things that we don't know on something that is an easy thing to blame it on. Right. You really have to keep digging until you figure it out. Well, and this is a whole other episode, but when we're dishing out antidepressants to people that don't need them we're they seeing have side effects too right they yeah. have side effects and we're seeing in a culture especially with moving younger and younger that it's not solving the problems yeah. that it's certainly not going to fix your thyroid number one and and the side effects and the um i would say the complexity of even just um 
there's so many and they're so different and they affect everyone differently, it can actually just seem to cause a lot more problems. Oh, yes. Yeah. So antidepressants should not be prescribed easily. Mm-hmm. It should be something like, well, do I mean, again, they have a time and a place. Sure. So I do use them. That's, I'm not, not opposed to using them at times. But it's not something where I don't know what it is, so I'm going to try this medication. I actually think that that can actually make it worse. Right. That's what I was, you said that in a much yeah. better no, way. No, it can. Yeah. Because <laughs> especially, again, if there's a subtle hypothyroidism where it's not maybe obvious, but there is a, there's a deficiency or there's an imbalance, the antidepressants can make it worse. Um, antidepressants can cause worsening weight gain and cause worsening fatigue. Worsening sexual dysfunction. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there are side effects of these medications. So yes, they, they can be needed, especially if someone's going through a difficult time. I oftentimes will use it to help people with, with trauma and grief and, you know, situational depression. I think that, that that can be necessary. But throwing it in just as a, I don't know, let's try this. Again, a lot of times we see that actually makes things makes things worse. So, Well, and I think what I was indicating is that beca- that creates a whole rabbit trail of more issues and then we find ourselves in our over medicated country where we don't know what's causing what anymore and yeah. it's become so complicated when everyone when the average person is on like eight or more medications or something i made that number up that's not correct it's, uh, it's something like that actually yeah it's, i think it's, it's a high number of of medications per individual mm-hmm. uh, at this point you know one the way that i like to try to do it i try to get people off medications if possible right one when at a time when they're doing really well mm-hmm. and they're doing well mentally and physically and they're they're feeling good then we try we try to wean off we try to minimize things mm-hmm. people tend to feel better with less chemicals in their body mm-hmm. they do they tend and i do think medications are technically a chemical there is a physiological change that mm-hmm. happens when you take them yeah and so there is, again, there is benefit at times. But what we see for a lot of times is they're used for years when we really don't need them forever. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, after a certain period, the risk-benefit kind of flips in towards the, the risk side where it causes more harm. Right. And that's where, again, your doctor should always be thinking, okay, what medications does this person need right now? Mm-hmm. Do they need all these still, or do we need to try to pull back on some medications? Mm-hmm. That's, and I think that's important. And by fixing thyroid, that oftentimes can make a huge difference with depression. Mm-hmm. Like in particular, if you're feeling really down and your thyroid is low, thyroid helps a lot right. with things like depression. Like depression, with pain, with fatigue, hair loss. Mm-hmm. So fixing those things, fixing your thyroid can make a huge difference. Weight and, loss. And, yeah, weight loss. And, and that is... That is one of the, one of the e- not easiest, but that is one of the uh, quickest way, I'd say, for people to see a noticeable difference is just by optimizing their thyroid. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good episode. Lots of great information. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you have a question and you listen on Spotify, you can actually send us a question directly if there's something you'd like for us to cover in an episode. We always appreciate your reviews on each platform. And thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch up with you next time.